Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Help Me Believe, the show about Christian apologetics and theology. My name is Hayden Clark, your host. Thanks so much for joining us. Today you're in for a treat. We're doing something a little bit different. Um, My guest today is not a theologian or somebody involved in apologetics or something like that, which we uh, normally do, but uh, mixing it up a little bit today. And uh, my guest today was Lauren Chen, who is a political commentator, social commentator, host of Uncensored, the CR TV show. And so you may recognize her from YouTube or Twitter or something like that if you keep up with politics. But uh, Lauren was a, a great guest to have on. She's uh, very thoughtful, very um, uh, familiar with uh, why she believes what she believes. And um, it was a great conversation to have. Uh, I'm really thankful that she came on and did this. And so I think you're in for a treat. You'll enjoy it. And uh, we kind of explored how uh, the Christian faith affects um, our political beliefs and how we vote and that sort of stuff. And so uh, I think you'll find it very useful. Uh, before we get into the episode, wanted to remind you that uh, you can support the show on our Patreon page, our Patreon page rather, at uh, www.patreon.com forward slash help me believe uh, for as little as a dollar. Or if you go at the $5 level, you can get access to the bonus segment. And uh, you won't want to miss the bonus segment today with Lauren Chen. So uh, be sure to go over there and show, show your support for the show. Thank you, folks, and enjoy the episode. Well, hello and welcome to Help Me Believe, the show about Christian apologetics and theology. My name is Hayden Clark, your host, and I'm excited to uh, introduce uh, somebody uh, a little different today. I know we'd normally have a theologian or a poly- or um, philosophers or something, somebody like that on, but today I wanted to mix things up. We have political commentator and YouTube star Lauren Chen. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on as well. Um, if you don't mind, for our audience that isn't familiar with you, perhaps, um, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, what exactly it is that you do. Sure. Um, so I'm a political and social commentator. I started off on YouTube around, I guess, two and a half years ago. I now host a show called Uncensored on CRTV. A lot of people ask me what's uncensored about it. It's the opinions, not the language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always something I get. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I, I do three shows a week. We have uh, It's on podcast format if you want to check it out. Google's iTunes, Spotify. And I'm also going to be starting uh, my own column on a at a conservative women's magazine called Evie, which is launching next week, actually. Well, that's uh, that sounds really good. Um, and we'll have links to uh, all of Lauren's um, uh, things that she does in the description below, by the way. Uh, Lauren, how does somebody become a, a YouTuber or and then starts off on YouTube and then ends up as a host on CRTV? How does that process work? How'd that, how'd that go for you? You know, it's funny. It's something that I... I'm usually one who, when I was in college, loved to try to plan everything out. But the past two and a half years have really going to show me that you cannot possibly uh, imagine what your life might end up being. And so YouTube started off as a hobby for me. I studied political science and Middle East studies in Arabic when I was in university. That's what my degree is in. I wasn't working in anything to do with politics at the time. I was working in, um, I guess, human resources research uh, just as a researcher. And I started a YouTube channel as a hobby talking about um, social issues that concern me, things like uh, transgenderism and, uh, you know, concepts of privilege and things like that. And I'm fortunate enough that my videos eventually gained enough traction that I was able to eventually kind of go part time at my other job and then eventually dedicate my time entirely to YouTube. And then uh, I think it was um, 
July of last year, CRTV approached me, said they were interested in working together. And uh, this past January is when my show with them launched. So it's really just been, uh, I guess, unexpected blessing after blessing. And uh, I, I wish I could come out with a book of, you know, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just something that sort of stumbled up. I stumbled upon and I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it goes in life. I guess, you know, you just go out and, and do things that you're interested in and then one thing kind of falls in place and then one thing leads to another. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I, I often get people asking me, so what's the five year your goal? And yeah. I can tell you what I'm interested in, but honestly, I, I have no idea at this point what, what might end up uh, coming to fruition. Yeah. That's exciting though. So uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's the cool thing about it all. Uh, where did roaming millennial come from? And uh, what, what's kind of the story behind that or what does it mean that or? Sure. Well, I mean, it's funny. I perhaps may have maybe started with my real name if I had, uh, you know, known this was going to be yeah. like a, a full time job. But uh, when I just started on YouTube, it, you know, I, these videos were anonymous. My face wasn't on them. There were voiceovers. Uh, these, the views I have, I don't think are controversial, but people are sensitive enough where I, you know, I didn't necessarily want to put my name out there. So rubbing millennials, the little pseudonym that I came up with, and it just has to do with the fact that I've moved around a lot. I've lived in Asia, Europe, the U S and Canada at different points. And, um, you know, in human resources management, we often break down generations in order to see what the trends are for work habits. And uh, I'm a millennial. So yeah, that's just kind of where it came, I guess, came from. And it's something that I get asked, <laughs> asked about a lot. Yeah. So that's yeah, my not too catchy explanation. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I'm a millennial too, by the way. We're in this together. It feels like um, everyone blames us for everything. Do you get a lot of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. We don't have control of anything. I don't know how we could possibly get blamed for it. But, <laughs> but um, uh I know you do a lot of uh, political commentary and um, uh, keep up with politics and uh, keep up with my politics through uh, pundits or commentators like yourself. Actually, I don't have uh, traditional uh, cable news or anything like that. Uh, so I have a, a respect for, for the job. But uh, here we, we usually talk about the um, theology, apologetics, uh, Christian faith, that sort of stuff. And so I was going to ask you about your own uh, personal testimony. I know that you are a Christian, and so I was just wondering if uh, you would share with us kind of how you became a Christian or why you are a Christian Mm -hmm. or or whatever you're comfortable sharing. Sure. Well, um, growing up, I was, I guess, what you would call a Christmas Easter Catholic. Hmm. Um, You know, we didn't really go to church much except for, like, Christmas and Easter, of course. And, uh, yeah, it it was honestly growing up, uh, faith, spirituality— was never really something that I thought about. Um, which, looking back, I, you know, I, I feel like I've missed out on on that experience being able to grow up with Christ. But it's just not something that was really much part of my life. Um, there was, uh, you know, a couple summers where this Baptist group was, held a Bible camp at my school, which I did go to and I enjoyed. But aside from that, it's not something that I ever really thought about. Um, and as I got a little bit older, kind of go, growing into my teens. I started becoming more interested in politics and also philosophy, and I went through my angsty, rebellious, like Richard Dawkins, yeah. edgy atheist, I'm so smart, yeah. <laughs> phase, uh, which lasted a few years. I was, of course, insufferable. <laughs> so I did want to interject there. So you would, you were actually, or you would have called yourself an atheist at that point then? Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, I read The God Delusion at that point. I, you know, I thought it was very compelling. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think Richard Dawkins is a, a stupid man or anything like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, in my opinion, and I think a lot of atheists still have this viewpoint, science negated 
spirituality. Mm -hmm. Like I saw those things as conflicting. And I thought because I believe in science and we could, uh, I guess, quantify things, then therefore anything to do with any sort of theology was just garbage. That was the that was the perspective that I have. That's the perspective that I think a lot of atheists that I speak to still have. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, when I got, uh, I guess, a little bit further into my exploration into philosophy, I came across Plato and Aristotle, who, um, you know, they're they're not Christian theologians by any means. But when I began reading theories uh, like the theory of forms Mm -hmm. and also the, uh, you know, allegory of the cave theory of the unmoved mover, I began to sort of question the um, reductionist view that I was having, that Mm -hmm. everything must be spiritual, because at that point I was still very much interested in things like ethics and morals. And so, you know, I, I started to become more open to the idea of a creator God, um, which I think, you know, people like Plato and Aristotle were very much for. So Mm -hmm. I would at that point have kind of qualified myself as a deist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of explored different, um, different ideas concerning that for a while. But I think, you know, if you, if you are a deist and, you know, I was someone who very much subscribed to the idea that, okay, there is an objective right and objective wrong. Um, I know myself and humanity, we all fall short of that objective, right? And so then it, it came about how, well, how do I rectify that? Yeah. Right? Because, uh, you know, I'm all, I'm all about the idea that if, you know, if we have a purpose, if we have uh, something we're here to do, then it is sort of our, I guess, intrinsic need to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just struggling with those questions, um, really, in an interesting way, brought me full circle back to Christianity. Um, started reading the Bible and, you know, I'd read it before, but this was the first time where I was like actually genuinely reading it, taking it in what it was saying about the nature of man, the nature of myself, what sin was. Um, and I think that's uh, around the time that I became born again, I was around 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at that point, like I said, my, my family was sort of the Christmas Easter Catholics. We didn't really have a strong um, Christian tradition. Uh, when I started exploring for myself, uh, a lot of the resources that I was reading uh, about these questions that I was having, um, you know, they were, I guess, uh, more evangelical sources. Um, and, you know, when I compared that to the a lot of the Catholic traditions that I had, had grown up with, um, I, a lot a lot of Catholicism I just didn't see reflected in the Bible, mm-hmm. in scriptures. And uh, especially like a lot, a lot of the I guess the Catholic theories surrounding the role of grace versus works and things like that. Um, yeah. So I, since I was 16, I began attending a a Baptist church and, uh, you know, I guess ever since then it's just been trying to grow into my role as, as a Christian. And I think, you know, I, I went through that phase when, uh, I guess when I want to say young teen where I was like, Oh, you know, I'm, this is great. I've like reached the, like, I'm a Christian now. Everything's, You know, it's it's done, which I, I think a lot of um, a lot of people go through. And, you know, then I, I had this one minister in college who was like she brought me through survival kit. Uh, I really had I had to learn that. No, it's like there's a lot of growth that we each need to do. Um, so it's just been, I guess, me trying to work with that, trying to find how I can best serve as a Christian, because, you know, it's funny. I, I talk about politics a lot, but 
uh, you know, if you were to ask me what's the most important thing someone can bring to the table, what's the most important thing we as humans can do, it's absolutely to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't at all think that I have the uh, the gift to be, in, uh, I guess, do apologetics first time, like full time. I don't have that talent. That's why, you know, I admire theologians and f- philosophers uh, who do. I think yeah. it's such important work. Um, so I guess it's just me trying to serve the best way I can. Well, that's probably the strongest form of apologetic that uh, there could be. What a, what an amazing testimony. Uh, thank you uh, for sharing. Now, you said that you, this happened when you were like 15, 16, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So, you're, so you're telling me a young teenager is reading Plato and Aristotle? Yeah, and I have my brother. <laughs> I have an older brother who's very much into uh, philosophy. He mm-hmm. reads, you know, uh, Herodotus and everything. Uh, so he, he's the one who kind of, I guess, brought that upon me. <laughs> yeah. Man, when I, was thir- I, yeah. when I was 13, 14, 15, even all the way up into my upper teens and early 20s, I would never, I just couldn't imagine picking up a book like that or picking up a book at all. Um, I, I didn't really, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't really uh, come to faith until I was about uh, 20, 21. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know but, what, I, I, I talk to atheists, uh, especially those who don't grow up in Christian homes. Um, and, you know, there's there's so, so much of this idea that Christians have been brainwashed Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just sort of indoctrinated, but so many Christians that I know my old church, uh, when I was living in the States, like, you know, the, the pastor's son was going to church, uh, every week was very involved in in fellowship, but you know, he, he didn't get baptized until he was 23 just because he, he wasn't ready. He needed to go through, I I guess that experience himself Mm -hmm. to come to faith. And that is the the story of so many Christians that I know. So it it just, it frustrates me when I, when I hear people say like, oh, well, you, that's just how you're raised. You've never thought about it. Um, Christians are very much encouraged to think a lot about this. Yeah. Uh, I'd never thought about it just from an experiential uh, point of view, but yeah, for, for that objection that Christians, um, are just kind of brainwashed by their parents and that sort of stuff. I mean, my parents are, are Christians and I think they're great people, but it really wasn't jammed down my throat at all, oh. not even close. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in fact, uh, my, my parents would have encouraged me to uh, think for myself and, uh, study science, whatever. It doesn't matter. We just want you to be successful. So, uh, yeah. that's a good point. But, um, so you did, you did mention that, uh, um, your parents uh, were Catholic, and you grew up in a, in a, a Catholic uh, household. Even though you're you're saying that they were, they were Catholic, but just kind of traditional Catholic, not not necessarily practicing Catholics or yeah, which which I think is probably uh, representative of most Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask them, they'll tell you they're Catholic. Uh, you know, there's a Bible somewhere in the house. Yeah. We'll go to mass, um, but it's you know it's not a not a huge part of of the day to day. Okay, so so then the move from Catholicism to Protestantism probably wasn't that big of a deal, or was it? It was like well, I mean. For me, it was a huge deal. I remember the first time I went to worship, like I was so like, what is this music? Um, like I'm so engaged because I'm and I'm like one of those awkward people at church who will like I, I will start crying like uh, just, you know, if I feel the spirit or, or depending what's going on, like it's it, to me, it's it's very much an emotional experience. Um, and that's just not something that I see a lot in yeah. a Catholic mass. Um, so for me, that was like something that was very, very strange and something mm-hmm. that I love and I embrace now. But going into it, that was like, oh, really weird. Um, you know, since since I became a Christian, um, you know, I've brought my mom and my dad, my grandmother, uh, my brother um, to worship. And, um, you know, that's something that they'll come with me. So like I, I guess I'm trying to uh, like I'm not a pushy person, but I guess just um, open their eyes about what what matters to me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, why 
why I think it's important to have at least one hour a week where we, you know, we go hear the word of the Lord, we show our gratitude, um, get together with fellow believers. And I think, I think they're, they're enjoying it. Um, it, it, it is, it is a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the, I guess the practice, the reason why we do it, everything is so formal in masses. And, you know, I, I, I still love like my Catholic family and everything. I don't mean to rag on, yeah, on right. Catholics. Of course. But but it, yeah, it was a it is a it, it was an adjustment, and I think for some of my family, it is still an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you said you do you still go to a Baptist church, or is that just something you did in the teens? Or um, so I I still I, I still think of myself as a as Baptist um, if I had to qualify. But um, right now I'm going to a Bible church. Mm-hmm. Um, so in I live in Quebec right now, and so there's really not a huge um, Protestant population. Mm-hmm. It is very very much Catholic, and I you know it's. Being here, I found like the the church community isn't quite the same as the states, um, and I try not to get too bogged down in labels. I mean, in mm-hmm. my opinion, as long as something is biblically sound, then I don't have a problem with it. Right. Um, with non-denominational churches, I find like you know there there are a lot of them out there that right. are very very biblically biblically sound. Biblically sound, um, but then you know you you go to some and it's like oh wow that's <laughs> where yeah that coming it's from? it's really. Uh comes down to that individual church i go to a bible church yeah. as well and uh grew up baptist i've even served in a, a baptist church in a couple different um mm-hmm. uh, ways but uh us us baptists i'm not going to a baptist church right now but like yourself i would consider myself that's probably most aligning with my uh theology if i had to qualify it like right. that but uh, us baptists have a running joke that the catholic converts are usually the best ones because they're ready to work and we're mm-hmm. we're heavy on the grace, and sometimes we forget about the work. So whenever they convert right. to Baptist, we really like that. But uh, how has uh, your your Christian faith influenced how you uh, uh, commentate on uh, political and social issues? Mm-hmm. Well, that's something like I've had people who are more liberal, and if anyone I guess isn't familiar, uh, I cause I'm conservative, and I've had people who are more liberal. I guess kind of challenge me that a lot of my views are just uh, based on the Bible. Um, you know, like I explained before, I, I'm, I'm someone who I guess relatively late came into Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of my political views were already pretty established. Um, it just so happens that uh, I think a lot of at least how I live my life as an individual very mm-hmm. much, uh, I think, is related to, I guess, my faith and, you know, just trying to grow in that relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, politically, though, it's it's not as much of a, a, a clear cut thing. Um, when I think of something like abortion, I know I, I'm, I actually used to be pro-choice. Um, and that's not something that, you know, as soon as I beca- became a Christian, my my thought process went back to abortion. It's like, oh, you know, now I oppose this. But, it, you know, I think as a Christian, you really do grow to appreciate the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. Of everyone's life, um, and and that's probably the the one issue where I'd be like, it it's been most impacted. But even then, there are tons of secular reasons why abortion is wrong, right? It's not something that only Christians mm-hmm. can believe. There are reasons, uh, you know, where I I know tons of atheists who are ironically libertarians, but also just agree that yeah, if a person's a person, um, yeah. you know, you, you can't really justify, oh, it's my choice if there's another life involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a, aside from that, what I've I've had a lot of people who, because I'm conservative, uh, I believe in small government. I've had people ask me, how can you call yourself a Christian if you don't want, 
big government programs and blah, 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 blah. Um, and to that, I, I kind of respond that Christianity is very different than a faith like Islam in which there's a particular uh, form of government that that's prescribed. Right. Right. Um, that, that wasn't Christ's role or intention when he came to us. Um, so I'd be, you know, I, I would never want to go to a fellow Christian and say, you're not Christian because you don't believe this. I think there's very, you know, it's reasonable to say, hey, as brothers and sisters in Christ, let's have this discussion about how we can best fulfill the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, uh, ultimately, I guess how it, it's come down to is that my my responsibility as a Christian to, um, I guess, display Christ-like attributes, in, including charity and compassion, all that, um, I, I do kind of separate um, that from government, and I would never want to, I guess, compel someone else to be charitable on my behalf. And I think that's something that uh, people who look at conservative Christians may not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as, as great as charity is, it's not really charity if it's under compulsion. And right. I think Christ is also quite clear about that. Yeah. That's a very, I guess, convoluted way to answer a question. But It's perfectly fine. I, I think I'm tracking with you. So um, it you're not taking your, your religious beliefs and then... Um, I mean, they obviously affect you as an individual, and then you as an, an individual vote and, and, and have this commentary mm-hmm. and these opinions, but you're not saying this is in the Bible, therefore it has to be a law. Um, so there seems to be some kind of a spectrum here. Would you say a middle ground, uh, you mentioned Aristotle and some philosophy, so is a middle ground between uh, conservative Christians and, uh, and the Bible and, and just Christianity in general, and then how we have to vote and... Um, shape our laws and these sort of things is a middle ground something like natural law or something like that is that something that uh, uh you think is kind of a middle ground or or what is kind of the linkage there well i think um i guess like i and, and the thing is uh, i'm not i'm not a libertarian I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself as libertarian um small government conservative so there's a lot of like overlap there but uh you know if there's a, a law that i thought was i guess that went against something that i that i believe was very clear in scripture. And I believe abortion is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I can't separate that. I can't separate my morality from something that I believe is like, you know, actually affecting lives. Right. Uh, but the, the biggest challenge I have when trying to talk to atheists or anything about politics is the idea that Christian values exist outside of other regular moral principles, which mm-hmm. is absolutely not true. Um, in the West, pretty much all values that we have are based on Judeo-Christian principles. Right. Um, and so there are so many reasons why we we might support something um, like the institution of marriage beyond being Christians. Yeah, sure. I mean, Christianity does link up with that, but it's not it's not something that only Christians can appreciate. I think these these principles are universal. Sure, Christians, we know exactly why we appreciate it and why it's so important that right. we do, but it doesn't mean it's it shouldn't apply to to everyone else as well. That, that makes perfect sense, yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, one last question before we get into uh, the bonus segment. If you're listening, stick around for the bonus segment with Lauren Chin. But uh, one last uh, question is, so political debates can obviously, and this is seen all the time, get out of hand, and um, people call names, whatever, get offended. They think you're the worst person ever just because you disagree with them on policy or something like that. How should a Christian navigate um, uh this landscape, uh, given Christ's commands in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something that I've um, I've discussed quite a bit on social media. Yeah, and I think it's so important that 
we're Christians first and then whatever political beliefs we are second. Um, I guess like if I had a message to communicate in this segment, it would be that, you know, Christianity is so much more important than politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cause politics are important Don't get me wrong. I talk about them like day in and day out, but when we're talking about Christianity, like this is an eternal perspective that transcends countries. It transcends generations. It's literally the most important thing that there could be. And, um, you know, I've seen some people saying that, for example, uh, when it comes to this awful, this, you know, this vitriolic language that's being used in politics that, uh, you know, we need to get down and dirty and things like that. Um, we, we need to, uh, I guess, give it to, you know, team B as much as they're giving it to us. Um, which is, I mean, I think we can argue to how effective that is. I don't think it's effective at all, but namely, I think it goes against what, what Christ commanded us to do, how he commanded us to behave. I think, you know, as Christians, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard, not, not just because I think people are looking at us and say, thinking, oh, you know, you should know them by their fruits. Um, but also because if, you know, if we are God's children, if we, if we're intending to grow with Christ and, you know, show our gratitude for him, then how can we knowingly go against what he wants for us? It's just, it's, it, it's not something that I even want to begin to go down. So, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian who's on social media and you're getting involved in all these debates or whatever, um, you know, that doesn't mean back down from your opinions. That doesn't mean you have to censor yourself. If you think you're going to offend someone, absolutely not. Like, um, you know, there are some opinions that I have where, you know, there are two genders, for example, uh, that I don't, I don't care if, if that offends someone, but that, that is how it is. I'm not saying it to be hurtful. It's just, you know, the, the way right. it is. I don't think that's being offensive, but, you know, then to go and attack someone, um, you know, to name call, that's just above and beyond and unnecessary. And I think it it reflects badly uh, upon all of us because, unfortunately, we're living in an age where, uh, you know, any bad behavior by one Christian will send the atheists uh, into the spiral of, oh, they're all hypocrites and blah, 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 blah. Um, So I think we also have this responsibility to um, encourage each other in that as Christians, because it's not always easy. No, <laughs> I yeah. spend way too much time on Twitter, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we probably all do. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, it, it's easy to see one side of the uh, aisle, of the political aisle, um, going to places that we don't really want to go, and then you'll see somebody, okay, so I'll just take uh, our position, I say our because I'm a conservative as well, say a, a liberal mm-hmm. or, or a leftist is... Uh, calling names doing whatever and then you have somebody over here on the right uh, on our side um, so to speak saying you know we've got to do that as well if we're going to be as effective they're going to win because they're willing to go to links that we're not and so um are you saying we we, we definitely shouldn't uh, follow them into those um right areas yeah right and not just because it's not effective but because it's um i guess it's on it's on christian behavior and i mean just as this is kind of a, an observation that i've been I guess, appreciating more and more lately. But when I look at a lot of the people who are so lost politically, who end up going into these, you know, extremist movements, you know, with these these people who are, I guess, like Antifa, um, in mass riots and protests, I very much think that it's, at least in some part, because they are searching and unfulfilled in their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, uh, politically, I can obviously uh talk about why they're wrong communism yeah. bad blah 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 blah. but i think like, as christians we have an even bigger responsibility to say like you know politics and all that but what if um what if there was something even more and even greater 
that you could dedicate yourself to. And, you know, all the the problems you see in society, they're they're right. You know, this brokenness that a lot of people complain about when they see in sight. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but you're looking at temporal solutions right now. What if there what if there was was something that you could involve yourself in um, that would that would not only, I guess, atone for your own shortcomings, mm-hmm. but that could help atone for the shortcomings of the entire world if you if you were a part of it, if you were able to help that grow. And I think that if, you know, we were, I guess, more effective and more into evangelizing to a lot of these young people, these lost groups, um, college campuses in the U.S. are some of the most unreached places. Right. It's it's ridiculous. And I think, you know, if, if these people had that, um, I guess the, the type of assurance that Christ can offer people, they wouldn't be looking into all of these radical political ideologies. Hmm. Uh, so it's sort of the, I don't know if you follow Jordan Peterson, but he talks yeah. about, um, you know, if, if everyone would get themselves in order, we wouldn't have so many political problems. Right. I, I, you know, that's that's something that I'm seeing more and more and more. And, um, you know, you know, just so so happens that you know, when I look at church or the people that I know who are, I guess, in really good places, uh, in their relationship with Christ, it, it so happens, you know, none of them are having any, uh, like, extremist political views. They're not out rioting, mobbing, and everything yeah. like that. And I think that that there's a reason, because they don't feel that sense of hopelessness that um, I think is very easy to engulf people if if you're, you're, I guess, looking at the world and you're not seeing any answers. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a very uh, informative and encouraging conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have to do it again sometime. But, uh, Lauren, thanks so much, and uh, I do appreciate you coming on. For sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for watching. Don't go anywhere just yet. Be sure to click on the link below for the five-more-minute bonus segment with Lauren Chen and uh, become a supporter of the show and uh, show your support in that way. We greatly appreciate it, guys. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. Guys, thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.